sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of the morning after live right here on this Tuesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. A ton to get to here in our second hour. We continue to go around Major League Baseball, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Another exciting night yesterday, and we set the stage for this triple header Tuesday in the association. Three game number fives where the team at home holds a 3-1 series advantage with the opportunity to clinch their opening round series tonight in front of their home crowd. That includes the Boston Celtics, now the NBA's Eastern Conference favorite in a minus money way. The C's for the first time this year in the playoffs, a minus 125 favorite they're a 13 point favorite to win game number five tonight against the atlanta hawks and clinch this opening round series maybe part of the reason the line has ballooned to where it has with boston a 13 point favorite is because of the absence of dejounte murray at the end of game number four on sunday between boston and atlanta in atlanta dejounte murray confronts an NBA referee bumps into him making physical contact. And because of that, the NBA league office has suspended DeJounte Murray for tonight's game number five inside TD Garden against the Boston Celtics. It's a big blow for the Hawks who have been rather inconsistent in this playoffs, but not DeJounte Murray. He has scored at least 23 points in all four games this series for Atlanta, but will not be out there with the Hawks as they are a 13-point underdog against the Boston Celtics. Now, in this NBA postseason, teams that have won the game are also covering at a very high clip. Teams that have won in the NBA playoffs so far, now 30-2 against the spread. For the Celtics to cover as a 13-point favorite, is one thing but you can see where the odds stack up for boston just to win this opening round series outright it's a minus 900 price and again the c's an odds on favorite for the first time this nba postseason minus 125 to win the eastern conference elsewhere out west it's been a wonderful series between the golden state warriors and the sacramento kings but a huge blow for sacramento yesterday De'Aaron Fox has broken his left index finger on his shooting hand however he will try to play through this he will be listed as doubtful for game number five tomorrow night back in Sacramento against Golden State but it is not overly optimistic the Kings were a minus 118 money line favorite before this news of De'Aaron Fox's injury they are now a four-point underdog at home for tomorrow night's game number five against Golden State and De'Aaron Fox has been incredible here in this playoff series for Sacramento their first time back in the postseason in 17 years 38 points in game number four he also had 38 points in game number one he had 24 points in game two 26 in game 
number three. Although this series is even at two-game all, Golden State, once again, is back to a number that looks very similar to what their pre-series odds looked like to win this outright. It's minus 270 currently for Golden State. Pre-De'Aaron Fox injury news yesterday, even as we got ready for Game 5 in Sacramento, the Warriors were a favorite at minus 186. Now nearly a dollar added on at minus 270. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, hour number two of the morning after on this Tuesday. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So that's where things stand in the NBA playoffs. But for some other teams around the association, of course, it is already the offseason, including the Houston Rockets, who have hired a new head coach. Ime Udoka and the Houston Rockets agreeing to a deal yesterday for Udoka to become Houston's new head man. Of course, Ime Udoka was the Boston Celtics head coach last year, leading Boston in his only year at the helm of an organization to an NBA Finals appearance. Boston was 51-31 and 31 in the regular season, winning the Eastern Conference championship but entering 2022-23 Udoka was suspended by the Celtics organization for multiple violations of team policy what has been described as an inappropriate relationship with a female staffer a part of the Celtics organization when Joe Mazzula was officially hired as Boston's head coach back in the middle of February Ime Udoka and the Boston Celtics organization officially parted ways now Udoka gets a new change of scenery in Houston where he will take over a young Rockets roster that did not have a ton of success this past year in fact they were tied for the worst record in all of the Western Conference just 22 in 60 a team that has young talent who drafted second overall in 2021 taking Jalen Green who was the team's leading scorer a season ago and in the top three this past summer taking Jabari Smith Jr. out of Auburn when you look at where they might have their draft selection for 2023 the team right now that is currently the favorite to win the draft lottery well it's a three-way tie because all three of those teams you see the pistons the rockets and the spurs will have the best odds to win the draft lottery having the three worst records in the nba last year more of the morning after up next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time to check the daily basis. Live right here on this Tuesday on the morning after on Sports. I am Ben Stevens. Craig Mish is here as well, the host of Newswire, which starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time, following us on TMA and, of course, our Major League Baseball insider across the Sports Grid Network. Craig, as always, thank you for your time. Glad to have you here on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, great to be here as well. Had a hard time last night watching... The team that I cover here, the Marlins, get no hit, Ben, for uh, seven in a third. I know we talked in Daily Fantasy yesterday, and I said, hey, look, you know, obviously Strider's the most expensive guy and the best play, but I did not expect last night to have I, – I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he had the most points of any starter on FanDuel last night this season as a starting pitcher. So 
be that as it may, we move on to today. Would not be all that surprising as the Atlanta Braves won 11-0 and Spencer Strider looked incredible for Atlanta. We focus on the American League to start. At the Trop yesterday, the Tampa Bay Rays, who have been baseball's best team this year, against the team that is still booked as the favorite to win the American League pennant, that would be the Houston Astros, also rounding into form at this time. Yesterday, Craig, Tampa Bay winning 8-3 in the opening game of this weekday series. Tampa this year, a perfect 14-0 at home in Tampa, Florida, inside Tropicana Field. Craig, what stood out to you most about the opening game of this set between Houston and Tampa Bay? Yeah, just a dominant performance from the Rays yet again at home. You know, it's interesting talking to people in the game, Ben. It's like, at this point, you, you understand that the Rays are dominating. They're winning all these games. But as you win and as you win more, the scrutiny is going to come. Like, Ben, how are they doing this? Are they, are they just a normal baseball team doing this? So which leads to other questions. Is it something about their park? Is it something that they figured out offensively? Uh, you know, they're, they're, who knows? There could be some people that it would insinuate salaciousness or something else. I'm not one of those people, but you never know. Mm. Uh, you know, Randy Rosarina yesterday, obviously coming up big. In general, though, this season, another player yeah. who they picked up off the scrap uh, heap, Ben, uh, ironically, from the Marlins, is this guy Harold Ramirez, who is off to the best start of his career in terms of home runs as well. So they, they certainly have figured out something offensively yep. to not only put the ball in play, but put the ball out of the park. And I would guess that there'll be some huge statistical data-driven uh, dive over the next few weeks to get that figured out. I don't know, Ben, maybe in our off time, you and I can do it. But uh, that, it's 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 a story that is not over yet. We've, we've just hit the tip of the iceberg. Someone is going to figure this out before it's all said and done. 48 home runs for the Rays this year, the most in Major League Baseball, but none yesterday, and Tampa still found a way to scratch across eight runs. Craig, when you look at the American League East, obviously with how well the Rays are playing, they are in first, but all five teams in this division, at least 500 or better. Craig, when a division in baseball is this good, what does it mean for the five teams that will play each other a ton this season? Yeah, ironically, Ben, not as much as you would think. And, and if we were having this conversation last year or the year before, I think it would be super relevant. But given the fact that the league is now playing this new schedule where everyone is playing everyone, they've limited the amount of times that teams will play against each other to 13 down from 19. So I do think that there is a significant change from that. Uh, but that being said, Again, you can see clearly that all of these teams are, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I know they won last night, we'll get to it, but they're going to get their crack at Oakland, you know? Like they're going to get their crack at Washington. They're going to get their crack at Cincinnati. So, uh, and, and they'll have to play better teams too, honestly, in the National League. They'll have to play the Dodgers. They'll have to play the Padres. But I, I don't I don't think, Ben, it means as much as it used to just because they have parsed down the amount of times that they play against each other. The Rays, for the first time this year, an odds-on favorite to win the American League East at minus 115. But the team with the second-best mark in the division, the Baltimore Orioles. A 15-7 and record, Craig, to begin this year. Now riding a seven-game win streak after a victory against their divisional foe in the Boston Red Sox yesterday. Craig Mish, as you look at the O's, is Baltimore a legitimately good team this year in Major League Baseball? Yeah, well, uh, look, this is one of the teams on, on this show and on Fantasy Sports Today uh, that I now host on Saturdays that I did pick the Orioles 
to uh, get the wild card this year, so I'm not surprised at all with this. They have the best farm system in baseball. They've shown, I think, a ton of resiliency in picking up some players that nobody wanted, Jorge Mateo being one of those. He's really come into his own as a member of the Orioles. He bats at the bottom of the lineup. He can bat at the top of the lineup. He steals bases. He also hits home yeah. runs now. And then the other thing that I think is going to come along at some point this season, I'm very curious because the Orioles are doing this with basically getting nothing out of the kid who came up last year who really helped the Orioles get to uh, close to 500 or 500. I forget exactly what their record was, but Gunnar Henderson was, was so good for them yeah. last year. He's done almost nothing for them this year too. So as you can see there on the screen, it's very obvious. Uh, not only are they eight games over 500, but they also have a plus 19 run differential. It tells you that that is legit. So, uh, you know, look, a World Series or winning the pennant is going to be extremely hard to do, but I am in on the Orioles this season. They do it the right way. And by the way, Matt Holliday's son, Jackson Holliday, who everyone is talking about yeah. because of his great start, Ben, first pick overall, he's gotten off to the best start of any player in that draft and being the first overall pick in the draft and hitting 500 to start. My goodness, Orioles are going to be good for a long time. At some point, Ben, though, gonna have to drop like 100 or 200 million on someone that can you know front this rotation or be the number one or number two that's gonna have to happen at some point maybe adley rutschman has a big payday as well the catcher for baltimore 30 to 1 right now to win the american league mvp the sixth best price baltimore all gave us a thrill in the summer months last year after the all-star break mm -hmm. making a potential run to an american league wild card spot certainly they are trending in a positive direction as an organization seven straight victories for baltimore seven straight wins for the national league's best team we go to Pittsburgh today, Craig, where the Pirates will take Oof. on the Dodgers. The Dodgers are not the NL's best team. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Craig, how long can the Buccos sustain this run to start this year in Major League Baseball? Yeah, this is, this is probably the big surprise of the season, I, I would have to say thus far, with the amount of winning that they've had, what their record is, and, and really you know, how much credit should we be giving to their front office for bringing back Andrew McCutcheon, who has meant so much to this team clearly on the field and also in the clubhouse as well. Also considering a lot of these wins, Ben, over the last 10 days or so have come without O'Neill Cruz, who's going to miss the majority of the season as well. I personally don't think this is sustainable for the Pirates. Clearly the ads they have made, this has gone well. They've also done a good job beating who's in front of them, including the Cincinnati Reds in their division. But if the Pirates were to make a gain of 15, 20 games and finish close to 500, I think this would be a huge accomplishment for them, and I can't rule that part out. Craig, you mentioned this might be the most surprising start to this year for teams that have so overperformed on expectation to start off this season. What does a good year look like then for the Pirates or the Orioles or the Rangers? Is it playoffs or bust, or how do you conceptualize success? Yeah, I think for the Pirates, it's a it's a plus 10 win scenario. You win 10 more than you lost the year before, getting close to 500. I definitely think that that would be a win. For the Orioles, uh, you know, I, I think their general manager, Mike Elias, would tell you that it is postseason or bust to say in terms of improvement. Like, I, I think they have got to get there, and I think that's the point there for them. And look, the Texas Rangers, Ben, you cannot go out, spend $200 million on Seager and spend $200 million on uh you know, on Simeon and then drop the money they did on DeGrom and not make the postseason. If they don't make the postseason, it's a bust. The Brewers also tied for the second best record in the National League at 15 and 8. Craig, only 30 seconds left in this segment. Take us through the daily DFS slate. 
Yeah, we're just going to continue to fade Kansas City if we can with a decent pitcher. Uh, I saw Nelson pitch when he pitched against Miami two times ago. He pitched well. Last time, not so good. I think he bounces back. Uh, Brent Rooker, I mean, I don't know where the A's found this kid, but he had two home runs last night. Uh, 3100 that's almost minimum price on FanDuel. We'll play him against the Angels tonight and see if he homers again. Maybe so. The A's an underdog in Anaheim. Craig, thank you so much for your time. As always, more of the morning after. Up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. To the ice we go. The Stanley Cup postseason rolls on in the National Hockey League, and we break it all down here on this Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. I'm Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome on Anna Dua from the NHL and one of the hosts of Fantasy on Ice, the podcast alongside Pete Jensen that details everything you need to know for the Stanley Cup postseason. Anna, thank you so much for joining us here on the morning after live on this Tuesday. Thanks for having me. Another great night of Stanley Cup postseason action. Another quadruple header where, Anna, it seems as though maybe, just maybe, Toronto could win a playoff series. They were down 4-1 in the third period against the Tampa Bay Lightning last night in Tampa. The Bolts, a two-time Stanley Cup champ just in 2020 and 2021. That postseason pedigree is there for Tampa Bay and the Leafs respond. They send it to overtime, and they win in OT. 5-4 to four the final, a 3-1 series lead for the Maple Leafs. So, Anna, I ask you rather simply, is Toronto going to do it? Is Toronto finally going to win a playoff series? You know, before the season, I actually didn't even have Toronto making the playoffs, and I'll take full account for that because I thought there were a lot of holes in this team, and I didn't think the skill guys would be able to step up and fill it, and they did, and they made the postseason. Heading into the postseason, I had Tampa making it out of the first round because, once again, I was concerned about their goaltending, and there's some things in the lineup that I thought that Tampa would take advantage of, but last night really changed it for me because Toronto showed some grit. This is a team we know for its skill players like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, but last night, the way they rallied back in the third to force overtime to really win that game, it was like a full team effort for every single player on the field. And it just like changed the momentum for me, in my opinion, for Toronto. Because usually, guys, in the playoffs, the Leafs team that we see is a team that blows the leads. They're the team that's up 3-1. to one. Yeah. The third period comes around. They're the team that has the agonizing overtime defeat. To see them on the other side of this narrative is something that I haven't seen in a while. The last playoff series victory for Toronto was 2004. In fact, they have lost 10 consecutive series-clinching opportunities in postseasons past. Anna, they will have that opportunity in Toronto for game number five. They're a home ice favorite at minus 156. You will be in attendance. At least that is the plan back in Toronto for the Leafs and the lightning what do you anticipate the atmosphere to look like for game number five between tampa bay and toronto 
I mean, it's always insane. You see those videos outside of Scotiabank Arena. I remember my apartment in the city used to be right across the street, and I would hear them every single night during the postseason. The fans are out. This city wants a championship. Hockey is the sport in Toronto, guys. I know we live in New York, and we have the Knicks, we have the Yankees, we have the Giants, the Jets, whatever team you support. We're spoiled down here. But up north, hockey is the big one, and Toronto's been waiting for this. Last time they won a playoff series, I was five years old. So I was in kindergarten. Now I'm mm. working in sports. So imagine how long everyone out there has been waiting for this. So it's going to be insane on game five. A minus 156 home ice favorite Thursday night back in Toronto between the Leafs and the Lightning. Right now, Anna, Toronto has the second best price to win the Eastern Conference. Plus 330, but still nearly $2 behind the Boston Bruins. The Bs, the favorites at plus 150. So far in this Stanley Cup postseason, Anna, who has impressed you most in the Eastern Conference? I think the Carolina Hurricanes so far, at least out of round one, I think there was a little bit of doubt surrounding this team just because they're missing so many key guys. They had Svechnikov out for the year and Max Pacioretty out for the year earlier on. And I was wondering how they were going to rally. There were some questions about whether they were even going to finish on top of the Metro division. And they did that. And then you enter the postseason. Carolina has been a really solid team at home in the playoffs. So I wasn't surprised that they won the first two games. But then the third game, I thought the Islanders are getting some momentum. You can't count that team out. Ilya Sorokin is one of the best goalies in the NHL. So I was like, they might climb back. But the statement that the Carolina Hurricanes made in game four was really impressive. They're in Raleigh tonight. They have the opportunity to be the first team to book their ticket to the second round. I think that they do it. What happens in the second round, I'm not sure how long their luck can last. But you got to give credit to Rod Brindamore and his squad right there. He takes whatever players he has available and really brings the best out of them in this postseason. The Hurricanes, a minus 154 home ice favorite tonight to pull off that series clinching victory in game number five against the Islanders. Let's continue to dive through the Eastern Conference where, Anna, the Tri-State neighbors have had a very interesting series through four games between the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. It was expected to be close. The Devils were a minus 125 favorite before the series started. Then New York crosses the Hudson, goes to New Jersey, the Prudential Center. They win the first two games against the Devils. New Jersey responds by coming to the Garden on Saturday and yesterday on a Monday night and taking two from the Rangers on their home ice. Anna, how have you described the lack of home ice advantage here in this series between two teams that don't play all that far away from one another? It's in the entire Stanley Cup playoffs, to be honest, Ben, at this point. It seems like the road teams are winning every single game, but the Devils really, I was not expecting this. The first two games that they played over at Prudential Center, the Rangers, they were blowout victories, and the Devils have earned some gritty wins at MSG, which is not easy to do. It's a loud arena. The Rangers are a very solid team with a lot of players that have a lot of playoff pedigree, and you got to give the Devils credit. They show up when they need to show up the most. Jack Hughes is lights out at MSG. That kid loves playing at that mm -hmm. arena i bet the devils right now are wishing that they actually finished third in the metro so they could have another game at msg rather than having the home ice advantage <laughs> in this series but the momentum it's it's not shifted necessarily in my eyes completely in the devil's favor because remember the rangers won two big games outright and the devils really had to grind for these victories but this game this game yeah. five in this series is i feel like who's going to win that game five is going to come away with the series for sure because it's going to have to make a statement if it's the new jersey devils 
They did really poorly in the first two games of the series, but they technically have won the last two games. So if they can keep that momentum going, even if they get out a gritty win, I think then the series shifts in favor of New Jersey. The Devils, a slight home ice favorite back at the Rock at the Prudential Center in Newark on Thursday night. Minus 126. From the series perspective, the odds are a dead heat. Both the Rangers and the Devils, minus 110 to win this series outright. Now to the Western Conference. The Vegas Golden Knights, a 4-2 victory yesterday in Winnipeg against the Jets. Vegas now a 3-1 series lead. Anna, how did we get to this point where Vegas now has that two-game advantage in the series overall? It's so tough because honestly, Winnipeg should be proud of the first game they had in this series. That double overtime game we saw over this weekend could have gone either way. Some costly penalties in uh, the first overtime and the second overtime. That was just a tired team. And Vegas took advantage when Winnipeg could have easily won that game and we wouldn't see them have the lead they have right now. But this Jets team just has been dealt some poor cards this postseason. Josh Morrissey's out for the series. He's a critical part for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. He's been phenomenal the entire regular season was an all-star this season and missing him in the postseason is just something the Jets can't really overcome and then down goes Mark Shifley so every time the Jets think that they can make something go in the next guy steps off they've just been dealt some brutal brutal injury luck this postseason Vegas is taking advantage of it so it's not looking good for Winnipeg right now the Golden Knights only 20 cents behind the reigning Stanley Cup champs in Colorado in those Western Conference odds. 3-1 to one for Vegas. The Avs at plus 280. Anna, who has been the biggest surprise in the Western Conference here in round number one of the Stanley Cup playoffs? There's only one answer for this, and that's the Seattle Kraken. I mean, wow, what a first postseason appearance for this team. In their second year in the NHL, the way they've turned things around is insane. That victory that they had last night, oh, my God, the Kraken are just so fun to watch this postseason. It's a team that everyone pretty much discounted. I think in most brackets, if there was to be a sweep, it was Colorado sweeping the Kraken. But the Kraken are giving the reigning Stanley Cup champs a run for their money. They're just playing some electric electric hockey right now I'm excited to see what the next game in this series is going to look like but I think regardless of what happens Seattle has to be super proud of the way they've overcome what they had in their inaugural season and completely turned this team around in one year I mean this team went from not making the postseason not having much going for it to maybe being in a situation to cause the biggest upset possible in these playoffs if they do manage to eliminate the Colorado Avalanche. Seattle's first ever playoff victory in its first ever playoff appearance in game number one against the reigning Stanley Cup champs. Last night in overtime in game number four to even up the series, the Kraken win three to two. If you haven't seen any highlights of that game clinching goal in the extra session, I recommend watching it because Seattle is a sports town and it was wild last night for the Kraken's victory. All right, three more games on this Tuesday, Anna, in playoff action. We mentioned Carolina and New York. The Canes, a chance to ice it. But in the Western Conference, two series tied at two games all. The Wild and the Stars, the Oilers and the Kings. Who do you expect, Anna, to take the biggest advantage of being back on home ice tonight in game number five? 
It's tough because honestly, I've been saying the road teams are doing so well this entire postseason. So I feel like home ice means nothing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, unless you're the Carolina Hurricanes. They're the only team that's undefeated at home. But the other two, it's up in the air. It's whichever team comes out ready to go tonight. I think the Minnesota Wild has another level that they can tap into. Kirill Kaprizov is an elite goal scorer in this league, and he hasn't really shown up too much this postseason. So imagine what happens when he does. But the game that I'm most excited for has to be the Kings Oilers, the way the Oilers rallied back after going down three goals mm. in the first period of game four insane to win in overtime that series has been phenomenal it's been the most close tight series in this first round of the playoffs and i i hope it goes to seven we deserve seven games of the king's Oilers series the Oilers greater than a two dollar favorite at home tonight anadua thank you so much as always for joining us here on the morning after more on tma up next live right here on sports SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A triple header of NBA playoff action tonight. Game number fives for all six teams in action with an opportunity for three of the six to close out an opening round series victory on this Tuesday evening. Welcome back to a Tuesday live on the morning after on SportsGrid. I'm Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome on our producer here on the morning after a wonderful basketball. Not mind. His name is John Shame. Shame's a guy as always. Thank you for joining us here. Game number five for your team, the Boston Celtics, a 13-point favorite at home with an opportunity to clinch this opening round series against Atlanta. The Phoenix Suns, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite in game number five in the Valley tonight against the Clippers and the Nuggets, a 9-and-a-half-point favorite in their game number five potential series clincher against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Pretty much to say, Shamesy guy, we might see some series come to a close tonight as nearly all three a double-digit spread. Thanks for being here on this Tuesday. Yeah, Ben, I'm, I'm happy to be here on this Tuesday. A little surprise appearance for your boy. I'm happy to make it happen. And coming off such a fantastic night of NBA basketball, I was lasered into that Heat game last night. What a tragic collapse for them. They had the lead for most of that game. Jimmy Butler proven once again that he is him, despite what our associate producer Joe Frizo might say about his playoff experience. I think he's as cold as they come. So a crazy night last night, and I'm sure we're going to have a couple results to watch for tonight that are going to be just as maddening. Hard to look at a historic performance for Jimmy Butler. 56 points last night, the fourth most ever individually by a single player in an NBA playoff game, a Miami Heat franchise record, and say that that guy's really not that good in the postseason, but Frizo always <laughs> has his very interesting takes and interesting angles. All right, John Shames, let's start with game number five in the Mile High City between the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Denver, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, for this game against Minnesota. They had the opportunity for the sweep over the weekend, but the T-Wolves stave off elimination for at least one more game. James, what is your expectation for game five in Denver tonight? 
So I do think that it's probably looking like the Nuggets tonight, you know, back at home. Denver, one of the best home teams in the NBA this season. I, I have a pretty good feeling about them taking care of business. However, Ben, what we do have to account for is two factors on the Minnesota side. Number one, Anthony Edwards has been fantastic over these past three games. A rough one to open up the series, scored 16 points in that opener, really struggling from the field. Since then, three games of scoring 30-plus. He had a 40-piece in the mix there as well. And, you know, you heard him say it after, I believe it was two games ago, where he said, look, we're not getting swept here. I'm not going to let that happen. Right. And sure enough, he has a massive game you know, the other night, and, and they were able to extend that series, although they almost blew it late in the game. There. So that's going to be what I'm keeping an eye on here. Will Anthony Edwards show up in a big way? If that happens in conjunction with Carl Anthony Towns stepping up as well for Minnesota, who's also kind of, you know, he had one big game, 27 points a couple games ago in this series, but for the most part struggled as well. We need Carl Anthony Towns on that Minnesota side to be aggressive. Only nine shot attempts in the last game. If he comes out looking for his shot, him and Ant Edwards are running that high pick and roll effectively. Carl Anthony Towns knocking down some three-pointers. I do think Minnesota has a chance to at least cover that nine-and-a-half point spread there, even being in Denver. Ant right now has a points prop of 28 and a half, a number he has gone over in three consecutive games. 41 points in game number two, 36 points in game number three, 34 points to keep elimination at bay on Sunday in game number four. He has been sensational here for Minnesota, really one of the few bright spots. Finally, Shamesy guy. I don't want to say finally. That doesn't sound very kind. But we saw Nikola Jokic go off for 43 points and 11 boards in game number four, albeit in a losing effort in that overtime game against Minnesota. He did have an opportunity perhaps to win it for Denver at the foul line, but he missed the first of two free throw attempts. James, how, have, how would you assess how Nikola Jokic has played so far here for Denver in this opening round series? I think as, as well as, as they've needed him to play, right? And that's kind of the thing with Jokic. And throughout this season, it's kind of like a, you know, if, if everyone has seen Harry Potter here, it's a big nerd reference by me, but the room of requirement in Harry Potter, it's whatever you need it to be, right? And I think that's what Nikola Jokic, don't laugh, Ben. All right, that's a good Just, metaphor. Come on. It's, good analogy. it's a good analogy, man. It's really good. Yeah, Thank you. absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So anyway, the center of requirement, Nikola Jokic, whatever those nuggets need him to do, he's able to do it in a big, big way. Last game, it was stepping up big in the scoring department. But to be honest with you, for Denver to really hit that ceiling and to be able to make a Western Conference finals run, they need the other guys to be stepping up in a big way and taking care of a majority of that scoring load. That means Michael Porter Jr. That means Jamal Murray. That means even Bones Highland coming off the end of that bench and making an impact in his limited minutes as well. We know Denver has done everything to bring in premier scoring around Nikola Jokic over these past few years. And now I think we're seeing where this can all come to head and Denver finally reach that upside. Nikola Jokic distributing Michael Porter Jr. Jamal Murray really handling a majority of that scoring load. That's what's going to make that Denver offense click on all cylinders. And I think we're really on the verge of seeing that here, Ben. 25 and a half points is the prop for Nikola Jokic tonight. His rebounding number, 11 and a half. The assist prop, eight and a hook. Nikola Jokic to record a triple-double, plus 210. Something he has only done three times in the last 13 games, dating back to the regular season 
for Denver. It will be imperative for others around him, like Jamal Murray, whose points prop tonight is 22 and a half, like MPJ, who has that points prop up there as well for Denver tonight, around that 17 and a half number to take advantage for them to get a series clinching victory. Again, Denver, a nine and a half point favorite, but heavily favored to at least win the game outright, minus 480 to advance to the second round of the NBA playoffs, which, James, I find very interesting because entering this potential game clinching or series clinching game tonight, Denver has moved back in the odds overall to win the Western Conference. Golden State, despite being tied at two games all against Sacramento, now has the second best price out West. Denver, the conference's top seed, the third best number at plus 330. Shames, do you believe the Denver Nuggets are being slightly undervalued by the odds makers? Uh, I don't know if I would say they're being undervalued here, right? Because I'm, I'm kind of keeping everything through the Phoenix lens. And I think Phoenix is... Mm pretty much, you know, high and above the better team and the best team, I should say, in that Western Conference right now. So they're kind of the the initial jumping off point where, where I think we can assess some of this value. They're at plus 145. Denver's at plus 330. That's over $2, or, you know, over two times the price difference there may be slightly undervalued, but I think what kind of muddies up the perception here, Ben, is that you have the Warriors sandwiched between the Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns at plus 300. I think that is actually the overvalue on the board versus Denver being undervalued. Golden State, look, I think, you know, you and I have talked about it as we're kind of waiting to see what can happen with your Kings win the West ticket and a cash-out opportunity here. Listen, if the Kings can stay alive in this series, if they can extend this to a six or seven game series, I don't know if I believe in the Warriors kind of going through yet another long postseason here and being battle tested all the way through that Western Conference. And then what? You run into a Phoenix. You run into, I'm not sure what the bracket, how it shapes up. I don't think they would get Phoenix in that Western Conference finals match, if I'm not mistaken, Ben. But listen, there, there's good teams that you can play against there. So, you know, with the Warriors, it's a, it's, are we believing in their ability to kind of take it to the finish line again? That I'm not entirely sure about. I think at plus 300, there's a little bit of recency bias coming off those big wins back-to-back -back against the Sacramento right. Kings at home here. Let's see how they do on the road in a Game 5 situation before we value them at 3-1 to one here, second-best price. And definitely with the injury news to De'Aaron Fox, that path for Golden State to emerge out of this very tightly contested opening round series against Sacramento looks to be a little bit clearer. The path on the other side is Denver as the one seed. Phoenix, a 12.5 point favorite tonight at home against the L.A. Clippers, an opportunity to clinch their opening round series as well. Both heavily favored. Denver 9.5 tonight. Phoenix 12.5 for a potential second round matchup. But Denver would still have that home court advantage at the Mile High City. It was the second best record at home this year in the Western Conference for the Denver Nuggets. I would be very interested to see now that Phoenix is a plus 145 favorite to win the West and Denver has the third best number at plus 330 what that series price would look like between the Nuggets yeah. and the Phoenix Suns. We might get that answer as of tomorrow morning. John Shames, your Boston Celtics have the biggest spread in their favor tonight to win their opening round series. It's 13 points for the Seas for game number five inside TD Garden as they host the Atlanta Hawks. No DeJounte Murray for the Hawks tonight, suspended by the NBA for game number five after contacting, physically contacting an official after the game for 
loss. James, what is the approach for Boston tonight? Yes, they are heavily favored to at least win this game outright and thus the series. But can Boston win by a big margin and cover that 13-point spread? So here's the thing, Ben. You know, if this game was in Atlanta, I, interestingly enough, would feel a little bit better about laying a big number like that just from a game mm. script perspective, right? Because in Atlanta, it's been all offense. It's been big totals. It's been a lot of scoring. The two games in Boston have not been the case in that same way, Ben, right? You, you see, when they go into Boston, it's much lower scoring. scoring. The Celtics like to slow it down. You know, that Milwaukee or uh, that Atlanta offense, I should say, is taken out of it a little bit, you know, from the lack of the crowd there. So I think that's going to be one of the keys tonight is how many points are we going to see? You're seeing that total at 229 and a half. I think that is a large total for this game. And thinking about a 13-point spread here, if the game is, uh, you know, the, the total points is lower in the game, that spread is going to yeah. be tougher to cover here. I think we've seen the Celtics take their foot off the gas continuously, even when they have a big lead on Atlanta. I don't love laying that 13 and a half. However, I will say this. The absence of DeJounte Murray is a major factor in this game because it changes how Atlanta can operate on offense. Trey Young had a big past couple of games coming off of a couple of good ones at home there, and he's going to have the ball in his hands continuously tonight. If the Celtics can blitz him on pick and roll and really try and put the pressure on him, get physical with him and make it hard, Atlanta not having DeJounte Murray to alleviate some of that ball pressure to have another shot creator puts a lot of the pressure on Bogdan Bogdanovich to do that very same thing. He was in foul trouble last game. I think that's going to be a major key for the Celtics tonight is making it tough on Trey Young, trying to force the ball out of his hands and forcing someone else on Atlanta to make a play in the absence of DeJounte Murray. I do think the Celtics get it done, but a 13-point spread, I don't know if I'm comfortable laying that in a playoff game, just knowing how things have gone this year. There has been such a strong trend to start off this opening round of the NBA playoffs. Teams that win the game outright have covered 30-2 against the number for the team that wins outright. Of course, that features a ton of underdogs like Miami in their series against Milwaukee, but still something to keep in mind. Trey Young, 27.5 is his points prop, 32 in game three, 35 and 15, that being assists in game number four. The Jays combining for 62 points, each Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum Shames, as you well know, scoring 31 points in game number four. John Shames, our producer, here on the morning after. Shamesy guy, I love the Harry Potter reference. Best of luck to your Celtics tonight. Too. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thanks for letting me nerd out a little bit on this Tuesday morning, man. Great to be with you. It is always great to have you here. All right, we round out our two hours together here on the morning after. Up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our two hours together here live on this Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM all across the SportsGrid network. That includes SportsGrid.com slash watch where you can find your favorite destination 
for everything you need all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday. I'm going to give you a thought for tonight's triple header of NBA playoff action. But if you want a true best bet, if you want the best information available at your fingertips, make sure you download the Sports Grid app. Scan the QR code on your screen at this moment. There it is. The QR code, you have all the data that you could potentially need for your favorite sport, team, player, league. It does not matter to have the best bets out there right on your phone. Get all the content you love across the Spiz Grizz network, everything in the palm of your hand. I have something to mention, at least a plus money number that catches my eye. Before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for a best bet of sorts. At the very least, it's time for bye bye bye. The Denver Nuggets, a nine and a half point favorite in game number five back in the Mile High City tonight. A 3 1 series advantage for the Nugs, an opportunity to win their opening round series outright tonight against Minnesota. Nikola Jokic has a points prop of 25 and a half. His rebounding prop is 11 and a hook. His assist prop is eight and a half. Four games so far for Denver in this postseason. Nikola Jokic has only recorded one triple-double. That's insane. In fact, Jokic has only recorded three triple-doubles in the last 13 games for Denver, dating back to the regular season. His number to record a triple-double that at points this year was in minus money is plus 210 tonight. Just something to think about with a series on the line and a potential game-clinching chance for Denver. We'll be back on the morning after tomorrow. Talk at 9 a.m. Eastern.